0: G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, and those in live chat music, and more. I'm John Merch, producer and host. And today, part three of our look at people in and around Broadway and musicals. Charlie Oakley started us off, who'd recently performed in 42nd Street. Benjamin Mayo-McKay, the director and cast member of Rent, the Adelaide production, that's only just wrapped up with a number of sold-out shows. And today, our third guest...
1: Tara Macri, recipient of the Mary Savage Award at the Stratford Festival to Broadway and then performing in Hairspray alongside Nick Jonas and John Stamos at Hollywood Bowl through to being the voice of young tigress in the animated film Kung Fu Panda Secrets of the Scroll with also an award-winning performance in P.M. Lipskin's film Outcry to Her Name. Tara has a new tune, Waking Up in California, out through Los Angeles-based Ten Count Records. Tara joined us down the line from Toronto for a chat.
0: Tara Macri, welcome to Radio Notes.
1: Thanks for having me, John.
0: The new song, where were you when this song was being written?
2: I think we all went through some changes in every industry. And I was, during COVID, doing some films. I have another project coming out. And so I was doing music and I was writing every day, but nothing was exciting me for some reason. And one day I woke up and this song just kind of came out. And it's about, I like I say in a song, rule the top down, let's just drive. It's it's about just throwing caution to the wind and chasing after your dreams and achieving it. And I think during COVID, a lot of us have kind of sat back, and thought, Is is this what I want to do? You know, is this? people changed. And for me, myself, I, I knew that I still wanted to continue to do what I love and how much I missed it. That's where the song came from.
0: The team behind this song got some long-time collaborators as, I think, also some new blood involved in this song as well.
2: Yeah, um, so uh, Garen, who produced the song, I've written, um, he, w- he actually produced a song before Baby You Got Me. I work with and I love him so much. Jaylene, I've been working with for years and she's a really good friend. And so it happened really organically. And I called Garn one day. I was like, I got this song. He's like, finally, you know, like <laughs> ready to go. You'll also see there Chris Lord Alge. He's mixed. I mean, I love Chris so much. And he's been a huge supporter of mine. And, and he's been involved in all the mixes of all the songs. So this was a great team. It was a great collaboration.
0: And I'd like to mention these people who do the mastering, Big Ted Jansen and what happens at the Sterling Sounds
2: yeah those guys are awesome again they I was connected through them through Chris because Chris does a lot of all the songs that Chris does so he recommended them it's just yeah it's amazing to work with them
0: and you are on an l a indie based label. Can you talk to us about how Ten count fits into the picture of what you're trying to achieve as a musician?
2: They have been an amazing support um, especially as you know like when you're at a major label you're terms can do and they there's plus to everything for me they've been supportive not just music career but also my acting and my voiceover because I still continue to do all of that. I just find it so cathartic to to be creative in all types of ways, whether it's writing a song, performing, doing the voiceover, acting. They also recently had partnered with me on a co-wrote a pilot coming out to comedy. It was the first time I was an executive producer on it and starred in it, and so that has been something, been challenging myself and taking, taking on other projects, not just our music, which is my my love.
0: Tara, you're talking about other projects, and one that's uh, quite an award-winning one is called Outcry. It's a movie, it's a film. I've seen the trailer; it's pretty intense.
2: Yeah, well, it, it is a psychological thriller. I don't know how much I can say without giving. Anything away about it, but that was such a fun experience. And you're right; it is, it was dark, which I think drew me to it because um, I am such a positive person. That the, the the role that I played, she was really complex, and I got to, I mean, do so much with that short amount of time because it is a short. Um, and also got to my work with Mike Starr and. Dashiell's grandfather is Sean O'Connor, Sean Connery. So, I mean, there was just working with both of those guys as a three-hander was, was a lot of fun challenging too.
0: It was a three-hander. That's what I was wondering, because what I saw, it felt very much like the theater in terms of a three-hander.
2: You know, we didn't rehearse. I didn't even meet, meet Mike until our first scene, which was the phone call because the director was very, he's very old school. He's like, okay, if this takes place at two o'clock in the morning, then that's when the scene is going to take place. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, You know, we were all really generous with each other and accommodating, you know, if if someone wants to run lines and you run lines, I'm the type of person that will run lines until it's just, it's in you so that when you're out there, I can really listen to, well, first of all, Play with the other actor and really listen to what they're doing because things will change when you're in the moment. They might throw something at you where you're like, "Okay, I, I didn't even think about that." Uh, get as much as you can from the experience. So work with the director and see what you know. You've come to the table with your idea, and working with Patrick was incredible because he really he let us do our thing and just occasionally would come in and and throw in a couple different ideas
0: during another acting role of yours and particularly in that of voice which you've done some wonderful voice work for the 100 years of well-being Jamison, but that of kung fu panda what you were able to do with your voice was to actually physically play out the role that you were doing as a tigress
2: yeah that was one of my favorite experiences the whole team over at dreamworks i mean they are just they're so amazing to work with and the director randolph who i worked with He'd been part of the Kung Fu Panda team for over 10 years, right when it it started. So this was a prequel to number one, two, three. So he really, he just knew so much about it. He loved it so much. So working with that team and it was physical being in the booth. When you see me running, I'm watching the screen, watching what I'm doing physically and I'm running. Like when I was done that day, I was, you know, sweat was pouring down because, you are so physical and um, I could go on about that experience. That was amazing.
0: Actually knowing your place within that kind of film because it is the voice and you just go in and do your part, I assume, like one does for a voice voiceover job.
2: Yeah, that is something that I, when I was recording my part, I had the director standing to my right and it, I mean, it's a huge studio and you have everyone in the booth, like watching producers and, and then on the left, I've got the storyboard and they really go through everything. So you understand the world that you're in when you start and the movies I love so much and they have such a, even as an adult, you can watch them. Wow. There's some great lessons in these. So I really love being part of something telling that kind of story.
0: And when you're literally communicating with a broom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those are things you have to learn to uh, not just saying the lines, or things before the lines. Like y- y- you sometimes have to go <sighs> take a take a breath before you, you know, one of the things I learned that day was um Dustin Hoffman, he had a cold that day when he recorded. And so they kind of changed some of the scenes to because he got his voice was a little raspy. So as you listen to it, those are like real things that they put into it because of of how he was feeling that
1: day. You
0: started music, it's it's reported at the age of two with your grandfather, (laughs) by your grandfather teaching you three blind mice on an organ. Now, organ to me would suggest maybe a church or a theatre
2: I don't remember too much back then, but what I'm told, what my parents have told me is I guess I was the first grandkid, so I got a lot of attention <laughs> and <laughs> just loved music from a young age. They said I, they just my parents saw how much I loved to move and to dance at before I could speak. and so they threw me into that. And my grandfather was very musical. He was part of a church and I think that's where he learned all of his musical instruments. So he would teach me. He passed away when I was six. So before that, I, I did get a lot of time with him. And, and that's where I guess that's where it started. As I said, they used to sit at the table and have Sunday dinners. And I was the annoying child running around singing and making up <laughs> songs.
0: Are you part of a big family, I guess, in terms of siblings? You have the lawyer sister. Who else is on board?
2: it's just her, her and I. And yeah. And the many animals that we've accumulated because I'm a huge animal lover and have brought home a ton of strays, even from Los Angeles. If there's a stray, I literally have flown one home because I couldn't keep the cat, and now my parents have the cat, so I'm... I'm and in Los Angeles, I, I help support a couple different barks and bitches. They're rescuing dogs from Japan, from, to, like, everywhere.
0: Who's the singing dog in your yeah. life?
2: The one you see on my Instagram? Mm. I steal her. She's my parents' dog. She's oh. a Newfoundlander. Literally during COVID, I came back, spent some time. She was just a puppy, so I've grown quite attached to her, and... She's, yeah, she's almost like, I feel like my younger sister, you know? I was like, she's, she sleeps in my parents' room. She is just like their child since my sister and I have moved. My sister's in San Francisco. I'm in Los Angeles, so we're kind of far away from them.
0: What drew you to America then? Was it Broadway?
2: Yeah, I don't think I ever thought, oh, hey, I I want to move there. I just started getting a lot of work there. And that's, that's what happened when I did Hairspray. In Toronto, they they brought me on tour and then then to Broadway, and from Broadway, Los Angeles, and it just kind of happened really organically. I also got to do Hairspray at at the Hollywood Bowl, the iconic Hollywood Bowl, which was incredible. I mean, Hairspray opened so many doors for me. The creative team, the casting directors, even like the cast, everyone was so close. That was such a great experience.
0: I've got in my notes someone called Nick Jonas,
2: Nick is so, I mean, he is so talented and such a professional and it was, it was great working with Nick and seeing everything else since we've all worked together, everything else that he's been doing with his own music, with his brothers and what a talented guy.
0: First Wives Club, you played Alex in that, but I think also one of your songs got a bit of a feature as well.
2: Yeah, based on the movie. And that was the first um, theater production that Paramount uh, got involved with and, um, they were producers on it. That was supposed to go to Broadway, but unfortunately, I'm not really sure if it's still, they're still planning on doing it, but we did a workshop and then we did a full-on production in Chicago. I mean, that was fun. That was, you're creating a show from the beginning, which I had never been a part of. Sometimes you join a company and the show is already established and you know what to do. You know, people are like, this is what you do here. This is, this was something where we all got to create together.
0: Possibly you were promoting Crush at the time. That may have been what oh, I'm thinking. Yeah.
2: yeah. so I think I released that song, but that song was not in the musical.
0: The reason why I also ask that is because you've had such a huge array of areas that you've worked in, you can tap in that little bit of music where you need to, or a little yeah. bit of the acting, which is a wonderful bouquet of skills to have. Another one I noted that you had, and maybe you've stopped, is the boxing
2: I had to stop because I play piano and guitar, and I was I was getting um bruised. I was rapping properly, but I was loving it so much that they were nervous if I had a show coming up that I'd <laughs> break my hand or something. So I had to stop doing too many. But that is the best. You just can you know whatever kind of day you're having, a good day, a bad day, you just go and take it out on the bag. And I loved it. I love. I I think because I come from dancing all my life that. That's part of it. If I if I'm not physical every day, if I'm not creative every day, then I get a little grumpy. Like I gotta exercise, I gotta some kind of outlet for me personally.
0: So lyric-wise, does a run help the lyrical process?
2: When I run or when I drive, for some reason, that's when the songs come. I'm not sure if it's I don't even know if like part of your brain is doing something else, therefore the other is relaxed and then it, it leaves room and space for things to come in. But I find that um, that's when they come the quickest versus sitting down and being like, oh my gosh, I have to come up with it right now. When I'm chill and when I'm thinking about the things, that's when it, it flows. Driving when there's countryside and open space, I feel like that's when um, creatively things pop in even even quicker. And I don't know what that's about
0: headed over to America because of the Broadway opportunities that was there. What's keeping you in America?
2: Um, definitely work, but I do come back to Toronto to do projects. And also the voiceover um, that you mentioned, uh, Jameson, um, being part of that campaign um, is Canadian. And, and so I, Canada, is I, I love Toronto. I love my home. Um, and I also love, Los Angeles and New York. And I think that for me, I have a hard time sitting still, like to keep moving and trying new things and pushing myself and being in Los Angeles and New York and then coming back home. All of it feeds into, I guess, me not being able to sit still, (laughs) kind of.
0: Raptors versus the Clipters. I would be going for the Raptors, but that's just me. (laughs) How was it to sing the national anthem at that event
2: Listen, I would have, Hi. I would have sang at the Raptors. Yeah. Had that been, had they said, Hey, you're singing at the Raptors. I'd be like, let's do it. Cause I am a huge Raptors fan. Um, but then, yeah, there's a little bit of, I'm torn. Cause I'm also wow. <laughs> living in Los Angeles. There were some Raptors who were sitting in because later on, it, it, they were on the bench that that wasn't televised and they were there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they're here, you know? And I, I wanted so badly to go down and, and say hi, but I was I was nervous, so I just <laughs> sang the anthem. <laughs> you always get nervous when you're about to sing either anthem. It's something that you know it 100%. It's just the, the nerves of, you know. Let's talk
0: about yes. first concerts because in my notes, I've got your first concert was Billy Joel and Elton John.
2: It was when they performed together in Toronto because my dad was a huge, huge fan of both of them and so I grew up listening to both of them and um yeah my dad was a musician so he his influences he would play the Beatles and and Elton John and Billy Joel and yeah I remember them both at the piano too I remember them both playing they would take over and do duets on each other's songs too and it was great to hear how the other person would interpret a song that was so popular by the other ones.
0: What's your mindset for doing live performance, particularly that with a crowd, which may not have happened recently and understandably, but what's that mindset you take forward?
2: Yeah, I love having fun and connecting with hopefully people in the audience will also have a good time. We usually have dancers. We have backups. We, we do a huge production. I have a lot of tracks now. We've gone through different stages of, of what the live show will be. If it's stripped down, um, how do we keep it full? so that the songs can sound pretty much similar to the the way it's recorded, especially for people who've never heard my songs, if, if they're coming to the show for the first time. And then a lot of times, too, what I like to do is just do a piano vocal or a guitar vocal and strip it down. That's something that I really admired from other artists like Amos Lee or Ray LaMontagne. I've gone to see them so many times, and what's so powerful is when they stand there and just sing the song from their heart. With just their voice and their instrument.
0: I'm definitely going to check out Amos Lee based upon your recommendation. One that I've seen live was that of Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Oh, I
2: love her. She has so much heart in her lyrics. And, you know, it's so funny you say, because I was a huge fan of her. And then uh, I went to the Grammys one year and went to this Grammy after party. And her and I were in line to the bathroom and we just started chatting. I had no idea it was great. She was so kind. She was like, I love your dress. I'm like, I love your dress. We're having a, you know, just a girl fanning out. And then we started talking. And then after a while, I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, you're Grace Potter. She goes, yeah. I was like, yeah, I love you. You're amazing. You know, just, you know, she's like, cool, cool. We we chatted and she's just how she was in that moment is how she is in her music. She has this fierceness to her. There's also uh, some ballads that she does. Her voice is just, she goes from, I mean, she uses her full range.
1: Radio Notes, released first as podcast, can also be heard on radio worldwide. Tara, what are you reading at the moment?
2: Oh my gosh, I'm rereading a book called A Prayer for Owen, meaning it's a comedy the book was given to me by one of my friends back in the day. And I saw it sitting there and I was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reread this again. And you forget so much. Oh, and the other one that I'm halfway through, I have a bunch on the go. Oh, my gosh. And I can't remember the name of this one right now, but it's a thriller. A Canadian writer. Ah, oh, my gosh. I cannot. I see the book, but I can't. Oh, anyways, I'm, I'm halfway through that one.
0: I understand that you... Prefer red wine. What's your poison of choice? Is it wine or is it something else?
2: It's wine. Yes, I'm a huge cab. Um, in particular, Camus. There's any Camus reps out there? I mean, that is one of my favourite. A nice Camus cab.
0: Boxing's out because of the hands at the moment. So, if you are keeping fit, how are you going about it?
2: So there's this uh, this gym that I, if I'm in Toronto, I will work out. If I'm in Los Angeles, I do their online. It's called One Academy and I do their workouts every day and it's incredible. I do it online because if, if I'm traveling, which I am right now quite a bit, every day is a different trainer, a different class. These trainers are incredible because they're so passionate about what they do and they really know how to do a different workout every single day. Some is cardio, some is uh, a combination of strength training. So you're working your muscles in a different way every day. I have my little barbells, my exercise bands. Um, when I'm in Los Angeles, I do go to a yoga studio that is my favorite. It's called Urban Exhale or Urban. They changed the name, seven to eight. And that is like a hot yoga. I love it.
0: What do you get from hot yoga?
2: I get a really good workout, a physical workout and a mental workout. Because a teacher that I go to, his name is Joe Coma. I hope I'm saying his last name right. He just is so talented at taking you through the poses that you finish and you're like, wow, that was a workout. And you feel like you thought about a lot of things, you reflected. And most importantly, your phone is put away.
0: Are you a journaler?
2: I used to. I feel like now it's more song lyrics that come out. If something's happening during the day, I'll just turn it into. Um, so I have a lot of notes, but it's not really, um, but I used to. Because I, I actually came home here and looked, in, and there's a box full of just dates, and and I'm like, wow, I was I was feeling that, and I don't remember. So,
0: do you have a bit of a five-year plan at the moment, or how do you move yourself forward? What's the step that Tara does to say, okay, well, this is happening next?
2: Yeah, it, it's I have it written down about all the things that I'd like to do. I I would like to be doing another show in New York on Broadway. That's something that. I would love to do right now due to COVID, as you can tell, some shows are up, some shows have closed early. There are some shows in workshop state, but things are a little different and, and hopefully they'll get back to 100% and I would love to find myself back there.
0: What production do you have your mind set on at the moment?
2: Oh my gosh, there are so many great shows right now, but I would love to be part of a brand new show just like we did with first wives club where we build it from the ground up i've also toyed with writing something that we could possibly turn into but that is i mean that's a five to seven year project so that kind of when you're writing a show or trying to i you know talk to people who have done it that's even more work than just writing a song and getting it out mm-hmm. there this is um but I, I don't think there's anything obviously i've seen moulin rouge and that that's an amazing role I, i'd love to do that my my friend aaron he that in new york and i've seen the production in new york and recently i saw it in los angeles the touring production it was just amazing but then it's, it's a lot of hard work it's eight shows a week and you don't really have an opportunity to do other things like right now i'm able to do a bunch of different things doing a show you are very much that is your life at that time you have to during the day you you have to be careful how much energy you exert to make sure you have enough energy for the show and some days are two shows a day so That is something that, you you know, I'll have to make sure that my schedule is clear, that I can do that for a while.
0: But doing eight shows a week, you still have Mondays, and I believe you did something on Monday at the Rockwood.
2: Um, that was doing my own music. So I was doing a show during the week, and then that was an outlet for me to perform. And um, normally you're resting on Mondays, but that was something I was writing during the day, doing shows at night.
0: Was that more of a singer-songwriter kind of night, though? Cause yes. mon- yeah. Yeah, because Monday, I'm thinking, might be a bit more of a slower night, even though it was the only night you had available.
2: Definitely. But you know what was so cool is that a lot of my cast members came to the show and supported me, so that was really that was cool.
0: Orphan Black, I believe, is a TV show.
2: Yeah, it's a TV show. One of my agents, she was an agent of mine back in the day. I think one of clients, Tatiana, got the role on that. And that is an amazing show. I believe it's a BBC and Con production, I think. That show is incredible.
0: For prettiest girl in the room, Sarah Feely was involved. And from the behind the scenes, they seem to be like the coolest human out.
2: Oh my gosh, she, um, I met Sarah through friends and we all became friends. And uh, when the song came out, she's this amazing filmmaker. She's done so many amazing productions. And she, she's like, I'll do the video. I was like, okay, let's, let's go. And she had this idea with the two girls who were in it. They're now, I mean, I think they're, they're older now. <sighs> it was so wonderful to have these skateboards Fierce girl, especially for the song, Prettiest Girl in the Room. And she came to me with the concept. Yeah, it was fun. What you see is exactly how how it all went. That was such a fun experience. The video was incredible. And then the radio tour we did after that was my first song that went to radio. So did the Top 40 thing and I got to tour and that was a lot of fun.
0: What's the one place in the world you'd like to visit?
2: Italy. I'd love to go to Italy. My dad is Italian. And so that's been something before covid I was going to go, and then COVID happened. So there's a possibility it might go sooner than later, but I, I, Italy, I'd love to go.
0: Answer me this. Why did yeah. your dad give up the drums?
2: For my mom, I hear.
0: She's anti-drums?
2: You no, know, I think what happened is he met her, and he loved it, but I don't get the sense that, since he doesn't really play very much, that it was something where, you know, sometimes you're like, I have to do that. That is something that I have to do. There's no other choice, no other option. And he also was a runner. My dad was was a runner and had a really good career with that before he injured his Achilles. He used to sprint and he was training with some pretty big guys for the Olympic. He was doing a lot of that when my sister and I were really young. He hurt himself. And so he he's kind of super talented with, with music and with running and he's athletic and, both he and my mom wanted to I, They start a family and so he got a, a job and he's been very successful with what he's doing now. He'll be retiring soon. But I think that was part of it. He wanted to, both of them wanted to give what they could for my sister. And
0: Where would you like to wake up in the world?
2: Well, I do love waking up in California. Is, I could say Australia. I've been to Australia actually a long time ago.
0: What was the occasion for Sydney?
2: I had a friend who was who lived there actually, and so I went to visit.
0: What do you like cooking?
2: Everything, pasta. It's super easy. But I, I do these like shells, stuffed shells. That's really easy to do. When I'm in LA, I go to farmers market every Sunday. I'm addicted to this lettuce place. I don't know what they just have the best. Like you can taste it. Like sometimes you go to the store, you get lettuce, you mm, can't really taste it. I get there early that person making sure that because they, they run out
0: talk to us about that ritual yeah. of the sunday market
2: la is really quiet on sunday mornings when you when you get out i mean no i don't even think people wake up before 10 and it's just so quiet seven o'clock it's like dead you start you know you sometimes i walk to the market then you get some breakfast down on large it's really the area that i go feels like a little bit of new york in los angeles and you see the same people there's dogs, which obviously I don't mind.
0: What's your dream pet?
2: I guess just to rescue an animal that needs, you know, a good home. As much as I love uh, stealing my parents' dog, um, one day when I'm not traveling so much, it'd be nice to just have, have an animal that needs a good life.
0: The new song that's just been released, "Waking Up in California." This is a question I shouldn't ask, but I'm I'm feeling game, so I will ask it. Do you, Tara, have a sense that this song should have commercial success or would you be happy if it just had wide listenership?
2: I would be happy with both. Everyone would love the commercial success. Everyone wants that Um, and because it it does bring a lot of other opportunities. But I think uh, releasing music sometimes when you release a song, you never know what's going to happen. With Prettiest Girl in the Room, that song actually – was going to go to another artist, a bigger artist that wanted to record it. In the end, they they didn't for some, you know, songwriting credit, whatever happened with that. And I got to release it. But everyone standing around, it was like, this is a hit, this is going to do this, this is going to do that. And you never really know. So when you release a song, you hope all the amazing things can happen and you throw it out to the universe. And then you say, yes, go and fly. And you do the best job you can. And hopefully it does and you work hard. And if it doesn't, then you write another song.
0: Where would you like Waking Up California to land in terms of that placement of a TV film or, or maybe commercial? I'm not going to judge.
2: Yeah, either or. I mean, I'd be happy with, you know, um, a placement is a is a placement and that would be fantastic because it is does have, like, California. You know, I talk about Sunset Boulevard and, I mean, it would be cool if it was in one of those, what's that TV show? Um,
0: Californication?
2: No, it's not around, but that would be amazing. Um, selling sunsets. Wherever it lands, John, it would be incredible. You know, like I think for everyone involved too, because everyone works so hard. So it's not just me, yes, and it's my face on the album, but there's so many people behind it that I feel like it'd be so cool to be like, hey, gee, guess what? It got placed here, or, you know, that'd be awesome.
0: So, Californian yeah. beef. <laughs> Maybe not Californian I beef. Mean- <laughs> when did the vegetarian or veganism start for you?
2: Apparently, I made that decision. Uh, my mom said I, I was really young. and I just asked how something like that, like young. And I saw, I, she said, I saw something happen. I don't really recall. And she just said, I asked where that animal, where it came from. And my mom told me, and then I just pushed it away. and was like, no, no, thank you. So I think that that's from my love of animals too. It started at a very young age.
0: You released a song called "Meet Me on Mars." Any thoughts about changing that to "Meet Me on the Moon"?
2: I mean, I'm still hopeful that we're gonna get to Mars in our lifetime.
0: <laughs> What's your fascination, Tara, with Mars?
2: You know, it's Mars. It's space. It's the moon. It's it's everything. It's I think those are the big questions that we all are fascinated with, and especially now with the new telescope that they have every day, I'm kind of like reading about all of them. It makes you feel so small sometimes compared to like what's up there and how we got here. I don't know. I know I'm getting a little maybe cheesy, but that is kind of, you know, I turned the song into a fun pop song.
0: And more of a ballad that I was introduced to, and I played on the radio back in the day, Cardboard Castles that came past my desk, gave that spin on the wireless. It's such a great number. We won't live in the past too much in terms of music, but I want to ask about Cardboard Castles because had I had you then, I would have asked, what were you going through during Cardboard Castles time?
2: Oh, well, that was definitely a breakup song. We wrote that really quick. It was one session. I came into the studio with um, a breakup. And that's what came out. That was, um, that was Carbett Castle. And it was, it was cool to see how it, it played on the bold and beautiful and it was about another couple breaking up on TV. So it was, yeah, it was fun to see that. On one of the episodes where there was a love triangle and, and, uh, the song got placed and it was used. Yeah.
0: Very important. Those, uh, TV and of course, film placements for songs. Are you still a romantic? Have you ever been a romantic?
2: Yes, definitely. Definitely. I know that a lot of my songs kind of fluctuate up and down, but 100%, yes.
0: Tara Macri, thanks very much for joining Radio Notes.
2: Thank you, John, so much for having me.
1: Tara Macri. Latest single, Waking Up in California, out through Ten Count Records. Find Tara online at taramacri.com.
0: Next time, Loka will be our feature guest ahead of the Oz Asia Festival, talking about non-fungible tokens, the NFTs and how they relate to music. That's next time. Thanks very much to our feature guest this time, Tara Macri.
1: RadioNotesPodcast.com for show notes and links. Web designed there by Steve Davis. By Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.